Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Bucci, and remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you for the great introduction by Nicole Thompson and the wonderful intro music by our guy, Mike Regina. So without further ado, let's get right into the show and let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? I feel like we need to get right to it. uh, We got a lot of stuff to talk about, so why waste time? Besides, I don't care how you're really doing today anyway. I know you don't. So let's get into it. Let's start with the NFL, even though it's the offseason, always stories to talk about, or JT will find stories to talk about. This past week, Shannon Sharp called out Steelers head coach, my guy, Mike Tomlin, after Tomlin's comments of disappointment regarding why Eric Bieniemy has not been hired as a head coach. Sharp went on to say that, and I quote, Tomlin is in a position to hire black coordinators and he hasn't in 14 years. So I'm going, uh, so I'm not going to let him throw stones at everyone else. End of quote. So JT is Shannon Sharp correct in calling out Mike Tomlin for the possible hypocrisy here. As much as I want to agree with Uncle Shay in theory, I want to say with this particular situation, no, he's wrong. And if any other black coach in any other situation where they've been there for 14 years and they have zero black coordinators on both sides, both sides of the ball, I would say you might have a case. But it's the Steelers. That's the, that's the first part. And then other part is, are we 100% sure that Mike Tomlin has final say over who gets to be his coordinators? Because if you look at, I'm going to go through the list. If you look at that list, I don't really see where Tomlin has the, the ability to choose any of these guys. So you know this team better than I do. So let's look at offensive and defensive coordinators that the Steelers have had. Tomlin came in in 2007, so he's been there since since then. How many OCs have the Steelers had since Tomlin's been there? You should know this is your team. I know how many defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. We've we've changed a few. I'm guessing Bruce Arians. You've got Beekner, who we just got rid of. I mean, before that, it was was Todd Haley. So, I mean, a minimum of three. That's it. You guys have just had three since Tomlin has been there. Three in 14 years. Fickner, we've already talked about. That's Ben's best friend. So I'm assuming that that was, if Tomlin had any say in that, the people upstairs had a decision in that too. Like, how do we keep Ben happy? Let's bring in the guy he likes. So that seemed like a power move. Todd Haley and Bruce Arians, I'm not even sure he made those decisions. Uh, Bruce Arians came in the same time that Tomlin came in as a head coach. So, I mean, those were good hires. I mean, Arians and Haley are probably some of the best OCs since Tomlin has been in the league. I mean, they've been successful with them. So 
I don't know if he had the say in, you know, whether or not they came in or not. Defensive coordinators, you guys have had two in 14 years, LeBeau and Keith Butler. That's it. You know the story. You're the one that first brought this to my attention. When Tomlin came in, what was one of the few things they told him he could not mess with? It was Dick LeBeau and his defense. In his defense, yep. Exactly. LeBeau was already there. So if LeBeau was there before you got the job, you got the job, they said you can't mess with him. That tells me everything I need to know. And then LeBeau had to be replaced at some point. And if Tomlin made any decision, it might have been on Keith Butler. But I'm assuming I'm going to go with the trend and say he did not have full autonomy on that as well. So that's why I think Shannon Sharp is wrong. And if anything, as much as I love the Roonies, I think you should have called them out because it seems like the Roonies have been standing behind like this hollow image of the Rooney rule with Tomlin as like the person they're putting out there as a front. Like, look, like we have the rule that's named after us and we have the black coach. Like, don't look over here. But at the same time, are you giving this black coach the ability that other coaches get across the league? Pick their own staff, have some same personnel. And what they're essentially doing is they're not promoting minority candidates through the coordinator ranks, which we've talked about before, is one of the most important paths to being an NFL coach. So that's why I think Shannon Sharp was wrong in this particular situation. You bring up some really great points and I, you know, I, I'm not sure here if Sharp is right or wrong. I, I will say this. I'm going to try to come from the point of what Shannon Sharp possibly meant here, but I want to touch upon one of your points first. When you talk about LeBeau to Butler, I agree. I don't think he had any say in the LeBeau. The Keith Butler, Tomlin was established at that point. And even if, because I think one thing is hard to tell, which you've been saying this all along, is we don't know who really has the final say in the coordinator uh, hirings. Well, it, yeah, it, go, it, goes it possibly to- is Colbert in the Roonies over Tomlin. Maybe Tomlin has some input, but he has way less it's input. It's not a final say thing. It's not like a Belichick, right? Or Gruden. Like Gruden has final Correct. say who's, who's in and so, who's out. So with that, the thing with that is, okay, maybe they put Butler on him as well. But at some point now, you've become well-established. You have a Super Bowl ring. You have that cachet. Do when you? Keith went, let me Do ask you. you I'm, glad you, you. I'm glad you brought that up. Let me ask you this question. And then yes or no. Don't get into an elaborate. We don't have that much time. If, <laughs> if Tomlin was fired today, let go today by the Steelers, would he have a head coaching position before the start of this upcoming season? Uh, that's actually a really good question. Yes or no? Definitive. Or, or maybe. Or maybe. If, okay, here's the thing. Is if it I'm a maybe? Going, don't don't give me an explanation. Off, no, no, Just yes, no, or maybe. Answer that maybe. first. It's okay. Maybe. Let me ask you this question then. If he gets let go today by the Steelers because he wants to hire someone and they don't want to hire that person, is Mike Tomlin hired as a head coach by by March 2022. Yes, no, or maybe. In your opinion, doesn't Here's need to be thing. definite. Just in your opinion. Let, let me just, let me just answer this question. Because you really know there's going to be five or let six. Let me answer five. this question really quickly. If the reason Mike Tomlin got fired from the Steelers and it got out was that he went against the Roonies and they had a rift internally, I think that would destroy his ability to be a head coach somewhere else. As I a don't. Candidate. 
I don't I agree so. at all. You don't think there was a rift between Al Davis and John Gruden, and they it's gave him Davis. It it's doesn't Davis. matter. The it's Rudy Mike Tomlin. Our, our NFL Mike Tomlin's one you of the most. Go against re- them. Mike Tomlin's one of the most respected coaches. If it comes out that he was let go because he wanted to hire Byron Leftwich as offensive coordinator and the Roonies didn't, guess what? People are going to side with Mike Tomlin. Oh, if, if, if now, if that was the reason and it got out, I do believe that there would be, it would be good in his favor. But here's the thing. There's a big risk. The Rooney, I think that's the reason why the Steelers are in the situation they're in now. Mike Tomlin knows the game. He knows the situation that he's in. You're in a, you're, it's a, it's a lose, lose, win, win for him. He's in, he's with a good organization. They're always going to be competitive as a head coach. He's always going to be in a good situation, but he knows that look, you can't really go against the Rooney's like you can't, you can't rock the boat. Like I'm pretty sure he learned that very quickly in that organization. Why not? Antonio Brown did. And he won out. He got his money from Oakland. He got different, his money from New England. Coaches. No, totally it's not. Coaches. It, it is not because guys would be willing to stand up for their coach and an owner would be willing to take on a coach way faster than they would for a player who has two or three years left in a, in a, in a, in a career. Also, here's the thing. Tomlin I'll, can I'll, change I'll give, your organization. I'll give Mike Tomlin this bit of leeway. Very small. Offensive coordinator. Shoot. He only had three to begin with. And that's and they why. Were real, it, no, no, no. Let me They're really good. He only I'm, had three to begin with. Let me make it clear. There's I, there, how many besides Eric Bieniemy? Just think of Eric Bieniemy, Byron Leftwich. Past ten years, who have the black offensive coordinator candidates been? Like I, like I don't it know. Goes who they back are. to but JT. It goes back to maybe they were never given a chance. And I, think I agree. That's Shannon I agree. Sharp's whole point is, hey. Don't go and throw stones at other teams for not giving a chance to Eric Bieniemy when you're not even willing to take a chance on hiring a black coordinator because it may affect, it may rock the boat within your organization. Nah, they, now, only Grant, listen, they only had three. They only had three. You've spoken. You've spoken. Let me explain what I'm trying to get to here. What I'm trying to say is I don't. I'm not blaming Tomlin because you bring up a great point when you've only had to hire three OCs and two defensive coordinators. And actually you only had to hire one because LeBeau was there. already there. No one was going to get rid of him. He is like the Wade Phillips of now, right? If you inherit Wade Phillips, you're not getting rid of him. Yeah. So, so it, it is hard. You're right. It's, it's hard. How do you blame Tomlin? Because they've made, it seems like it, it seems like they've made the right hires and he hasn't had to make too many. And that's what you have with the stable organization, like the Steelers that now, wins what that they're wins. always in the business of winning. Correct. Now the flip side, what I'm saying is I think what Shannon Sharp is getting to is, Hey, you've had that chance. You know, you could have gotten rid of Keith Butler two years ago, JT. We know that the defense before, they struggled at points. Yeah, yeah. Before the 2019 season, it was one of the worst over like a three stretch Three Before you got Minka, of until we got Minka of creating turnovers, I blame that on Keith Butler. I think Tomlin may have stepped in at some point. So why not go look at a new defensive coordinator? I thought they may have gotten rid of Keith Butler a while ago, but they hung on. Now you're right. Maybe it was the Rooney's decision to hang on to him. But again, Tomlin, if you want, to, if if Sharp wants to put any blame on Tomlin, he could have been there at the end of the 2018 season and say, you know what? This is not the defense I want. Keith Butler is not my guy. I want to get rid of him, bring in another guy. And at that point, if they say no and that's the rift, 
teams will understand that you don't think Arthur Blank would have came would would go after Mike Tomlin? Come on, he would throw only, him a lot of money. We're talking John Gruden money. Area where I see that this in this particular situation really holds weight is the Keith Butler situation. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because if there's anywhere in the NFL where there's a surplus of options that are available as black coordinators, it's on defense. Like that is, that is where black coordinators have made their mark in the NFL. And those are the, those are the ones that are usually always up for the head coaching jobs are the guys on the defensive side of the ball. If anything, Butler struggled, you're the Steelers. Go get one of those guys. Go get a Leslie Frazier. Go get somebody. Go get Todd Bowles. Like, they were available at one point. Todd Bowles is amazing. I think he could have done an absolute amazing job, even a better defense than what the Steelers have right now. Like, there's, he, he's shown it in There's Tampa. too many minority candidates on the defense side of the ball that are killing it in the NFL. Like, for you to not – I don't even I don't even hear the Steelers interview candidates. That's how, like, quiet and – button up this is and i think that's shannon sharp's whole point is you're not willing to take that chance but you're going to call out others for not taking the chance i I think that's what he was getting to right or wrong i think that's just what his opinion and what he he meant to say or what he was saying i'll I'll say this one thing before we move on to the next uh, next topic i feel like what they want the steelers to become because it's the rooney rule they have the black coach that's been there the longest I feel like they expect the Steelers to be like a farm system for just black coaching candidates, period. Like you need to have some on the offensive side, some on the defensive side. They basically want the Steelers to be what the Buccaneers have become. Like everybody on the Buccaneers staff, like is what the, like what people who want diversity in the NFL is like, you have women on the staff, you have black, black uh, coordinators on the staff in high positions. Like I feel like Bruce Arians is the only white guy on the coaching staff. Like that's what people think the Steelers should be. Because they have Tomlin and they have the Rooney rule. But until they do that, I think people are going to start calling out the Steelers. It started with Tomlin, but I think the Rooney's are next. All right. You, you okay? Did we bash your team too much? Uh, that, that was a that was a, a longer seg- segment that we thought, but hey, that that's okay. It was it was it was a good uh it was a good debate. You ready to talk about something ridiculous? I don't know if this is that ridiculous, but go oh, ahead, pose ridiculous. the question. <laughs> So we're going to stay in the NFL. This past weekend, uh, Tua Tagovailoa said that uh, former teammate Mac Jones is a more mobile version of Tom Brady. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr., because we love what he says because it always matters, said that he has similarities between Jones and Brady when it comes to accuracy, competitiveness, and intelligence. Even more, Todd McShay's latest mock draft has Mac Jones going number nine with the 49ers trading up to take him. Don, I feel like this is getting out of hand, but in your opinion, is Mac Jones getting too much hype or is it justified? So, oh, this is <laughs> this is a tough one. Listen, it's tough to compare, and, and no one should be compared right now to Tom Brady, right? To TB12. Like, so as I always say, let's pump, let's pump the brakes on the compare all these great comparisons of Mac Jones to Tom Brady. I will say this though: is there a little bit too much hype right now in this moment? Sure, maybe a little bit because of the Tom Brady comparisons, but I think up to this point, he maybe wasn't getting enough hype because you got guys like Trey Lance, Zach Wilson moved up throughout the course of the year. Obviously, you have Trevor Lawrence and you got Justin Fields still in that top five. So to me, yes, 
right now in this moment, is there too much hype? Sure, because it's the Tom Brady comparison. But overall, hey, I think he is a top 10 guy. I mm. I top would want overall. Overall, yes. Ooh. I would want him on my team as a potential future quarterback. Is I think he does have everything you want out of a quarterback. And he is mobile enough. And and that'll and that'll be fine in the NFL because I do think there is something to be said. And we see it with Russell Wilson. We've seen it with Tom Brady. You want that winner's mentality. And Mac Jones, for all those times guys transfer and this and that and shy away from competition, JT, we know the story. He did not do that. Sat behind Jalen Hurts, sat behind Tua, kept competing because he knew he was good enough. He knew when he got his shot, he would produce. All right. He doesn't run away from competition. And that is what you want as a future quarterback for your team and the characteristics of a leader. And he's got those and he can ball out. Now, granted, had Devontae Smith, Najee Harris um, and other guys on that Alabama. Offense, but but hey, so had Jalen Hurts. So did Tua. So, I mean, that kind of comes with the territory right now when you're the Alabama quarterback. It's how you handle it. And I think he can he can handle it really well in the NFL. I tell you what, if the Dolphins were to pick Mac Jones at number three. Well, that's not going to happen. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if we didn't have Tua, I'd be pissed because I just don't see it. Not at that, not at that high of a draft pick capital. So let me ask you this, though. If if someone takes him at 21 and he turns out to be, you know, very good, like a Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger, but because it was the number three spot, even though the Dolphins believed he could be as good as Ben, but because they had number three and they were worried about, oh, that value at three, you think that should scare them from taking him at three if they believe he is the guy to be the next Ben or the next Philip? I just can't take him at number three. See, I think we get, we get, we fall in love with that draft position number. Why does Penny Sewell deserve number three? over a Mac Jones when some people may think, you know what, Mac Jones can be Ben Roethlisberger. You go back and do the 03 draft, Ben easily goes top five, maybe top three, maybe top number one. But he also went to a good situation. Like he's a good, he's obviously one of, one of the best quarterbacks to come out in the wild, but he also went to a good situation. And is Miami not a good situation right now? You, you want all the quarterbacks to go there, Russ, Deshaun, everybody. So that leads me to believe you believe that's a really good situation for those guys. So why not for Mac? I'm just not a Mac Jones believer. So I'm the wrong okay. person to ask that. Then question. that's different. That's fine. Answer, so you don't believe the question. Is, is, you don't is believe he getting it. too much hype? Is it justified? Yeah, I think he's getting way too much hype. And I don't understand why people are just all of a sudden just forgetting the recent like Bama bias against their quarterbacks. Just look at all the quarterbacks they've had. Uh, Greg McElroy, uh, AJ McCarron, Tua and Hurts most recently. Are any of those guys elite? No. And what has Mac Jones done at Bama that those guys haven't, that warrant him being compared to the greatest quarterback of all time? That's what I have a problem with. And I feel like in the draft, they do this every year. The guys that are super talented at quarterback, that have these amazing off-the-chart physical skills, they find a way to poke holes in their game so they can tank their draft stock. And every year, there's always a guy like Mac Jones that's just, when you put everything on the table, 
he's an average talented guy that might have played in a good situation but they try to say he's he does all the right things from the neck up he's he's elite and they try to just hype up his draft stock and they do it every year every year there's a kid like this that they try to do that is a favorite of the scouts because he does things like their way and i think mac jones is just falling into that group but i feel like the hype is out of control for you to compare him to tom brady Shoot, he better have set and broken every record in college football for him to even be in that conversation. He hasn't. And that's where I agree with you. The comparisons to Tom, that's overhype. But but I do believe in him as a, as a top 10 If you uh, said if, if you compare anybody to Tom Brady, like Deshaun Watson didn't even get that comparison. Like, you compare him, a guy that's basically, I feel like, a one-year wonder to Tom Brady, like, in the discussion, like I can't listen to you as a, as a commentator. But see, there's there's a difference. You're looking at the overhype, the comparison, the Tom, and what I'm saying is though his stock should not is not overhyped, right? Like if we're talking, you know, if we're talking, we love De'Ara King, but if De'Ara King was in this draft and people all of a sudden had him in the top ten, I think you and I would be looking like we love De'Ara King, but his value is being overhyped here. All I'm saying is, yes, the hype comparison to Brady, I agree with you, is too much. But him going number nine and teams trading up for him, that I don't think is overhyped. That's that's what I'm saying is the difference. Man, if the Steelers traded up to get Mac Jones, you'd be pissed. Well, there's a difference. Again, they re-signed Ben. If Ben was not saying, coming like, I'm back. I'm saying regardless of the situation. Let's say Ben wasn't coming back. You just back. said it depends on the situation. I'm so saying, that's like, what say I'm if saying. Ben doesn't come back and y'all traded up to get him in the top 10, you'd be pissed. I would be fine depending on what you gave up. If you gave up 30 future first round picks, of course not. But if you gave up a first and a third this year, I, I'd be fine with that. Like everybody thought Mason Rudolph was going to be the next great thing. Like, it, <laughs> This is irresponsible to compare him to Tom Brady, in my opinion, because you are setting some team up for failure to overvalue him. And Mac Jones, like he's if you're in the top 10, you got to step in right away and take over a not so great situation and be successful. He's not the, he's not Deshaun Watson like Deshaun Watson walked into a sorry situation. and was good from the jump. I will never say anybody will be even close or comparable to Tom Brady. So that, again, I agree, overhype. But we just differ on how good we think He's Mac not even comparable to Terry Bradshaw. Like, like, chill with the comparisons. But again, okay, forget the comparisons. Terry Bradshaw is a four-time Super Bowl champion Hall of Famer. We're not saying Mac is at that level. What they're saying is, though, or what I'm saying is that the <laughs> he's, he's at the guy who's won the most Super Bowls no, in NFL history level. No, I'm... I, I didn't, again, I said that's overhyped again. You got to listen. He's overhyped with that. What I'm saying is though, top 10, that's not so overhyped. That's all I'm saying. I think mm -hmm. he's worthy of, of a top, of number nine. I can I see that. I feel like if you take him in the top 10, you're making a mistake. That's just me. All right. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Two guys that disagree with each other, LeBron James and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So let, let's focus a little My bit on man killing it again with the name pronunciations how many times did you practice that come on he's a soccer guy i know my soccer guys i know their names let come on so let's turn our our attention to some basketball now jt as it is all-star weekend or it was this past weekend in a recent interview it was a soccer player as i mentioned zlatan ibrahimovic who made headlines by saying that famous people 
and in particular here, speaking about LeBron James, uh, should avoid certain topics, especially politics. And I quote here of what Zlatan said, do what you're good doing, end of quote. So JT, do you have an issue with athletes taking social or political stances by using sports as a vehicle for it? No, because everyone's always pushing that freedom of speech mantra. So, I mean, it's got to go always for all people. And I think the LeBron situation is unique because LeBron is so such a big figure that draws a lot of attention. I feel like people get into it with him to bring attention to themselves. Like, uh, what's his name? Colby Covington, the UFC fighter that nobody even cares about, like always tries to go after LeBron for these types of things to make, you know, his brand, you know, a bigger, more household name. I think is what LeBron and like a lot of these athletes are fighting for. Like it has to be said because anyone else that tries to speak up about this, they get muzzled out. Like nobody wants to listen when, you know, you're talking about, you know, the black experience in America, like nobody really is trying to hear about that. And people will listen to people in power people they'll listen to people that are famous like lebron like lebron has a platform and this is how he chooses to use it and i think is a very good thing and the 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 saying is always you know stick to sports stick to where you're good at and it's like how can you say that when you know we had a reality star tv president you have people that go into politics all the time at the at the senate level at the governor level that had no experience in politics before like the Terminator was a governor. Like, did anybody say, like, hey, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, like stick to movies? Stick to movies? Yeah, like, nobody told Donald Trump, like, hey, you know, you know stick to stick, stick to your to business. reality TV shows. Like, like nobody, it, it, it's, nobody tells everybody across the board to stick to what you're in, stick to that thing that you've done. It's only when you talk about, you know, these issues pertaining to, you know, Black Americans that people are like, you know, hey, we don't want to hear that. Stick to that. And also, too, with there's a lot of time in this situation that really was weird to me is, first of all, he's not even American. So, like, you're not from this country. So I felt like it was very ignorant of him to even to say that because that tells me you don't really either you don't know the situation that's been going on in this country and what the history is, or you don't care and you agree with the opposition. And then he personally, in my opinion, was the wrong person to say this because, like, if you look at Zlatan's character, his whole, like, why people like him is Zlatan is an aloof, selfish person that's all about himself. It's like he refers to himself in the third person. So it's always like Zlatan does this, Zlatan does what he wants. Like, I don't care about anything else. And that's why people love him. And, like, if that's really his, you know, real-life personality, then I'm definitely not listening to anything he has to say because he's shown he doesn't have the capacity to think about anything outside himself. So LeBron, all these other athletes that want to, you know, continue to use their platform to speak up for what they believe in, absolutely keep doing it. To be honest with you, I wish that the athletes that disagreed with the stances that some of these athletes that do speak up, I wish that some of those athletes that were on the opposite end of the spectrum, I wish they would speak up too, but they won't because they just don't want people to know who they are and how they feel because they feel like there will be backlash. So Tom Brady, I'm talking to you. I wish you would stand up for what you believe in and let everybody know this is what Tom Brady stands for behind closed doors. I think he should, I think people should be calling them out to speak up too. just my opinion. So the question, do I have 
or do you have an issue with athletes taking a social or political stance by using sports as a vehicle for it? No, no, I don't have an issue with it, uh, with athletes doing that. And, and there's a couple reasons. One, JT, it's always been a part of sports. Some people may want to deny it, but it always has. You can go back to the early 1900s. You know who saved college football or who's credited for saving college football? I'll, I'll answer the question. I don't want to put you on the spot. Franklin Roosevelt, because it was such a dangerous sport at that time. They didn't have the proper equipment. The rules weren't in place. It was basically seen as barbaric. Now, what happened was there was, I believe, 18 deaths at one point in college football. And he summoned certain coaches to the White House, certain programs to the White House to basically talk about it. And eventually rule changes came about. The forward pass came about. So it wasn't just one big, you know, scrum of players and equipment got better. And those deaths went away for the most part. And so right there, politics intervened in sports. And so to say, oh, just keep everything separate, that that didn't exist back then. So how do you expect for it to be separate now with social media and people much more educated today. And again, let me go through the history. We talk about the miracle of 1980, the U.S. team beating the Soviet Union. Guess what? The reason why that is a miracle in terms of why people got so behind it is because of the two countries involved. Like, that wasn't even the gold medal game. And people forget that. People forget who they beat in that gold medal game. So that was politics. And we allowed our sports figures to be a vehicle to show, hey, we're better than the Soviet Union. All right. So that was political. Now, the granted, Olympics, I'm, I'm happy the U.S. won. Do not get me wrong. I'm really happy the U.S. won. And that's one of the best sports uh, moments, not only in the U.S., but probably worldwide. And go back to the, the 84 summer games. I mean, certain country. A certain country did not participate in it. Again, it was political. <laughs> like it had nothing to do with the sports. And we have the national anthem flyover. Again, who funds that? The government. So to say that those things should be separate, to me at this point, that that to me shouldn't even be an argument, even though people will, will debate that. And the other thing that I want to bring a point to is you and I, JT, we can try our best to change things that we feel should be changed, right? We only have, unfortunately, a very small viewership or listenership, right? LeBron, almost everybody in the corner of this earth knows who Michael Jordan is, knows who LeBron is, knows who Lionel Messi is. So if those guys can garner a change for the positive, why should they not be able to use that flat platform? It's not like in the middle of a game, they are stopping and throwing up a sign or just walking off to then protest this or that. Like they're doing it on their own time for the most part. And in interviews that questions come up in. That you so, forced them to do. Right, you forced the, them to do like after in-game, after-game interviews. Right. Those after games are for the fans and for the media. So when you're asking them questions of, Hey, how did it feel because of this happened before the game? Well, he's going to give you your on, his honest opinion. And if you or don't when, want that, or, then don't ask the question. 
you're always asking athletes to keep it real. People want more personal access than ever before. Until well, guess they, what? This until, is a look into their personal lives and things they deal with. Until they get the answer they don't want, right? Exactly. Then the fans are like, oh, you shouldn't be talking about that. But if they can be that change that gets people behind a good cause, that you and I, we can talk about certain things that we feel should be changed for the good so we're blue in the face. But guess what? We're not going to have that backing because – we don't reach billions of people, you know, like we don't reach that many people in the world, but those guys can. And so if they can be a good change, why not? And then my final point is that when you talk about, oh, the social issues and political issues stick to just sports. Well, if that happened, JT, think about Jim Valvano, right? He was a pioneer for cancer, all this research, all this money, and all of these athletes donate. So are you saying you don't want them to discuss those like, certain where, issues? Where will we be without the GBV Foundation? Exactly. Like, do you not want guys to now donate and talk about it? Should we not have the Walter Payton Award? But we're okay with that. So you you can't just have it the way just call just call it what it is they people just don't want to hear black people complaining about their struggles that's what this that's what this is all about because that's the only time people say stick to what you do and, and they don't want to hear about political and social issues that they disagree with right that they that they don't want to see changes for so and and most players will speak out against wanting those changes where fans well certain fans don't want that change and then that's when they'll complain so but everything else, then they're fine with, except when it affects them as on a personal level or as a fan that they agree, disagree with. LeBron, keep doing your thing. We're proud of you. So after this past Thursday night's game against the Orlando Magic, Kyrie Irvin stated that the NBA should change its logo to an image of Kobe. As he said, Kobe was the standard of our generation. This is always something that people are bringing up about the logo. Should they change it? Uh, do you think that the logo should be changed to a silhouette of Kobe. No. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kobe, especially once Shaq left. Um, but why Kobe? And I understand the reason that Kyrie says, but why Kobe over MJ or Iverson? Can we, can we, just or, agree or, on LeBron, thing? or LeBron, or LeBron? One thing before you go into this, sure. Are, are we both in agreement that it just shouldn't be Jerry West anymore? So that's going to be my other point though. All right, cool. Because, First, let me get to the Kyrie thing that he wants to change to Kobe. So in 20 years, if Giannis is the man or it's Zion or they do something great on the court, but also off of it, do we change it in 20, 25 years? And would he have an issue that is being changed from Kobe to Giannis? So that's my first question I would pose to him is, do we change it every 40, 50 years? And why is it not MJ or Iverson or LeBron? or bird and magic, a combination of that, because they were seen as the ones that saved the NBA. Without those guys, maybe there is no Kobe as we know it, all right? Now, the thing with the Jerry West, I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a comment that I wanna ask you a question because I don't totally agree with you there. First, the NBA never said it was a silhouette of Jerry West. They've never made that official. That maybe, I don't know how that came up. Maybe that was just a, a writer's viewpoint or certain fans, or maybe it was the Lakers publicity team, 
you know, public relations team that that said it was him because it's the Lakers, right? They need to have that aura about them. So the NBA has never made it official that that's a silhouette of, of Jerry West. And JT, my question to you then would be is why should it be changed from that logo? It's a, it's a pretty generic logo in showing a basketball player with a ball. So should should there not be a player or a person on it? Should it be more like the NFL? Or it's just I, a I, shield? I, or just what? It's like it should be the shield. Or like some sort of shield. Yeah, I, I'm curious as to why you think it, it that I mean, logo should be removed. Me personally, I don't, I don't really care about the logo, whatever direction they want to go. But the question is, should they make it Kobe? And as much as I love Kobe, like we 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 talk about this all the time. Like Kobe gets way too disrespected and as an all-time great, and like he should be considered one of the best all time. Even by you, you said he doesn't. Be- he's you said he's the miss. He's the odd guy out in a room of MJ, LeBron, Iverson, and Kobe. But I I don't want to digress. Did we? But go ahead. First of all, you got to give context to that conversation. We were talking about like cultural impact not actually but Kyrie yeah. just answered the question for you he's saying it should be Kobe because he's our generation it wasn't Iverson he didn't say Iverson well, he th- said we Kobe. had that conversation like a year ago so right, don't, any, don't try to mix it anyway together. go ahead here's here's the thing with Kobe as much as I love Kobe personally here is why that would never work and the NBA I don't think they would do it it's because it has nothing to do with him as a player it's the backlash that they would get from people based on that Colorado incident. And people have never let that go. Like, you forget, like, everybody when Kobe died was sad. We're still sad to this day. Do you know what some people were doing right after he died? They were still calling him a rapist. Like, it's like the Michael Vick situation. Like, some people are just never going to let that, never let that go. Like, that whole situation, even though he wasn't convicted, they're never going to let that situation go. Because in their mind, Kobe Bryant is rapist. Like, that's what they're going to think of him. Some people are just going to be that way. NBA is not going to make that the logo. And that's the only reason I wouldn't make it that way is because if you're going to make someone the logo of your sport, and I'm assuming they're not going to plan to change it so frequently, I think it should be someone that right or wrong has no flaws, but is also all-time great. And to me, that eliminates Michael Jordan too, because he's not exactly flawless in his reputation at all. If you're going to change it, you got to change it to somebody like LeBron James. Like, Give me some dirt on LeBron. I have none. <laughs> There's nothing LeBron has done wrong that is on right. any kind of public record anyway. And then right. also, yeah, he's an all-time great. If you're going to change it to anybody, it's got to be somebody that's in that lane. So let me ask you the two questions. Again, you didn't answer because you said, can we agree that it should be changed from the Jerry West logo? So why do you think it should be changed from that, though? Because I feel like Jerry West, I mean – like overall his his career in basketball like executive coaching player like it's been impressive but even for his era do is he the best like from his era like 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 when 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 somebody goes back and says you know what like all right nba what you got like this is this is the person you chose to put on your logo like how does he stack up against all the all-time greats in your game like he's not even in the top 20 whoa see yeah i mean it's debatable it's debatable a lot of people would disagree so that's what i so that's my point is back then though jt he was top five i I get you but so that's my point so are you okay in 40 years that they change the logo from lebron to Giannis? depends 
Depends on well, what Giannis's Giannis's accomplishments are at that time. Because I mean, let's say if they do make LeBron the logo, like is Giannis gonna live up to what he's done on the court, championships, MVPs, off the court work, just overall being perfect? Like if Giannis is flawless character wise in the rest of his career, then I say, yeah, you got a conversation to be had about it. But why does it need to be changed? I mean, I don't really care about it, but if you're asking me, should it be made Kobe? I'm telling you why I shouldn't. But but you seem to be like it should be changed from West, whether it's even though it shouldn't be Kobe. I mean, I just, just feel I feel like why exactly Michael Jordan and LeBron James have played your game. Like they they should be in consideration for that because the logo see, is the one thing that's representative across the board, like forever. See, and and I think. You you know you talked about you talk about Kobe being disrespected. I I think a little bit in a way you're disrespecting Jerry West. You're you are, not appreciating it's, 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 how great a, of a player everybody he getting is. disrespected on today's show. Just, it can't be. <laughs> well, Kobe, all I'm saying is you're not appreciating how great of a player Jerry West was because we didn't see him play live. That's all. That so that's who's what I'm so saying. You're leaving it logo Jerry West in the discussion. Yeah, I mean, do you not think it's a cool logo? That, that is a pretty cool logo, how they're able to fit it in that with the color scheme that they have. I'm going to tell you the same thing I told you when we started this conversation. I don't care. You cared about it enough to include it as a topic, and that was a JT topic. All right, let's let's move on, though. Let's, let's stick to the NBA, though. We're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Last Monday, the Hawks fired head coach Lloyd Pierce after two and a half seasons as their coach. Several current head coaches took to the the media to voice their displeasure with the firing. JT, do you think the Hawks should have given Lloyd Pierce more time as their head coach? This is tough because usually in these situations, like when, uh, when when black coaches get fired in the NBA early and everybody is really upset about it, it's like they were doing the absolute best with like the minimum situation that they had. I don't know if this is the case. I mean, before this year, yes. Like losing record. Let's just get this out of the way. 63 and 120, that's his career record with the Hawks. And then they started out, I think, what, 10 and 9 this year. And then they went to like the 11 and 15, like from that point. The only thing that I don't agree with with this this decision is I don't understand why they fired him before the All-Star break. They could have let him finish out the season. And this is really the first season the Hawks were expected to be competitive. Like, they brought in all this, all this free agent. You were on the hype train saying, you know, the Hawks, they're the team to look out for this year. But guess what? Two things happened. One, everybody got injured, which, you know, you never can account for. And then two of your best players – had a really, really big rip somewhere, and the team really hasn't been the same since. Like, Trey Young and John Collins, like, I don't know what happened, but them two don't really get along, and it seems to have affected the team. Like, what do you want Lloyd Pierce to do about all that? Like, you can't control injuries. You can only control young NBA superstars so much. If anything, they should have let it play out, and they should – some people should be looking at the GM because he put this team together and those pieces that they brought in don't seem to be working. Like Gallinari hasn't really done much this year. Bogdanovich, he's been hurt, but really, really what has he done this year? And Clint Capella has been good, but like him being good seems to have like not fit with some of the other players. It seems like they are gearing up to bring somebody else in next year that they really want. 
right as this team is about to take off. And I think that's probably what people have a problem with, with Pierce being fired so early. So this is a tough question because I, I would have liked to, I, I believe in Lloyd Pierce because based on, you know, we're not at practice every day. We don't watch that many Atlanta Hawk games, but, or, or maybe you do, of course you yeah. do. Um, but from what we're hearing from other coaches is that he's a really good coach. Does everything two, the right way. The, he does things the right way. And that revolves around the culture that he brings to a team and building a culture for the team. And that's really what you want. If you can get guys to buy in, you're going to be a good team. You're going to be a successful coach. But JT, I do think in this instance, even though I, I always believe you got to give a coach three to five years to really put his blueprint on it. Especially a team with that team. situation. Yeah. Like, and, the Hawks are terrible. And see what he's worth, especially like you mentioned, young guys, injuries. They brought in other pieces from other places. So you got you to change that culture. That takes time. But this is why they made the move when they did and why I think it may have been time. So a day after his firing, it was reported that several players on the Hawks were in support of bringing in a new coach. Sources say player support beyond Trey Young was dwindling at the end with several sharing their desire for a change with management recently. All right. So the difficult dynamic between Young and Pierce was an undeniable factor in Pierce's downfall and a tone setter for the group at large. All right. So that that particular report, let, let's get our sources right here, JT. That that came from a CBS Sports Online oh, article yeah, by, yeah, yeah. by Jasmine I, Wimbush. We want to take Wim, time Wimbush. to say that, you know, what? we want to make sure we give everybody source credit for things that they say that we might use on our show or on our platforms. We don't want to forget to thank those people. So if you ever see something that we say, we try to give you source credit. If we don't, we apologize. And that has nothing to do with the writer of, of this article, Jasmine Wimb Wimbish, um, that dealt with a, with an Instagram post that we made concerning a different podcast. But, but anyway, so because oh, we don't want to give any free shout outs. We want to say that and actually not give the free shout outs. So I think that is why it was time for him to go. Listen, in the NBA, you need superstar players. There's no denying it. And if Trey Young and some of those other young superstar guys were not buying in anymore, or there was friction between Young and Pierce, guess what? Unfortunately, Lloyd Pierce, you're the one that's going to go. And and they and they can't get rid of Trey Young. I mean, this is a guy they're going to build around like Steph Curry. So I think at the end, that is why he was let go, JT. And, and, you know, it would be as if MJ didn't like Phil Jackson after a year or two. Guess what? Phil Jackson, maybe we don't even know of him as the Phil Jackson as we know of him today. Do I think Lloyd Pierce should get another chance? Absolutely, because that many coaches vouching for you and you seeming to be a guy that knows the game and can build a good culture, even though I don't know what happened in this situation, I got I to gotta think that uh, Lloyd Pierce uh, – should get another chance. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, the guy that's replacing him, is it is it Mike Woodson? I think that's who's the interim head coach. Why are you asking me that question? Oh, see, I think that's see you, you got to learn. Don't ask questions you don't know answers to. So here's the thing. If it's Mike Number Woodson, one rule of a deposition. Come on, <laughs> I think, JT. I think that's a good move because Woodson actually has success in Atlanta with Wes. 
And I think he should be considered for the job next year. That's just me. All right. So sticking with the NBA, let's do some power rankings. We're going to give everyone our top five teams at the moment. So you want to do uh, back and forth top five? Sure. You want to start at number five? I'll start yeah. at number five. Well, let's okay. do that. I've got at number five, the Phoenix Suns, JT. They're 24 and 11. We talked before we came on air. I'm surprised they're that good. And I, and I follow, I feel like I follow the NBA and uh, fantasy basketball, but man, the Suns have snuck up there, but shouldn't be a surprise based on what they did in the bubble. All right. Five. I know I'm going to catch heat for this. I got the 76ers. I know they're sitting at the top of the East. Joel Embiid is on MVP tear, like no doubt about it. It's just, I don't trust the Sixers because I see this from them before. Like they always do well. And then something goes, something goes wrong. Ben Simmons play is down this year. And that's why I put him at number five. I feel like Embiid went up. He really didn't go up as much as I thought he would. And I'm just really skeptical about this team. It's really thin. Well, the way I looked at the power five rankings is as of today. Yeah. As so, of today, I'm, I'm really, I'm really skeptical about them as of today. Ooh. Even like how they're playing right now. Yeah, yeah. I got to disagree with you. I am. Let's go. Let's go to number four. I got the LA Clippers. They're doing it quietly. But right now, if I had to play them today in the playoffs, I wouldn't want any part of them. I got the Bucks at number four. Just same old, same old stuff. Deep That's team. my team out of the East this year. Yeah. Deep I don't team. Have the Peyton Manning of the NBA. That's the Bucks. Great regular season team. Everybody around Giannis seems to have taken the next step. They've got better. But. I just, I'm just not ready to believe in Giannis and clutch time yet, but I got a bad four. That's a great comparison, by the way. Uh, number three, I've got the 76ers there. Number three, I got the Jazz. I just don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> I mean, this is the same team from last year, <laughs> and they just play a world different. But I was skeptical to to believe in them at first. I was late to the party, but they they might be the best team in the NBA, but I ain't ready to put them up there yet. I think Mike Conley's playing better too. That has helped. Yeah, that's year. what it was. That's also a big part too, because he struggled last year, like trying to find his way with that team. Yep. Um, number two, I've got the Jazz. I you can't argue it. Look at their record. I mean, look at the way they've been playing consistently. That's why I've got them at number two right now. All right. Number two, I got the Nets. Like they should be number one. The only reason I'm putting them number two is they as as great as those three are playing. They still haven't figured it out yet. And that's the scary part. Like, I think I didn't want it to work because everybody said those three couldn't work together. But I mean, they're doing it. And I still think like they still have another level that they can kick into once they they continue to play together. Okay, and that's why I have the Nets at number one. You realize they've only lost once since February 10th, JT. Like, I get it. I how get are it. they not the number one team right now? We're not talking about in three months or after the All-Star break today. I've got you got to have them at number one. Plus, they've never had the quite full complement of all three of those guys playing consistently week in, week out, game after game. But they're still winning. They haven't they've lost once since February 10th. That's like a month. I mean, they're number one, hands down, even though I don't want to put them number one. But you got I don't want to put the number one, but I just I had to put the Lakers. I just I just feel like I feel like. I, I think we had different perceptions of a power five this ranking. Is, this is they've this lost is, six of the last eight. This is who I think the best team in the NBA is. This is just how I feel. See, but that's not the way 
that's not the way you got to look at these top five ranks. You got to look at them as of today. And guess what? Without AD, because that's the way you got to look at it. Without the AD today, they're not number one. They're not top five. So I totally disagree with you. Totally well, that's why there's two of us on this show. Lakers that's, number one. That's why my, my name comes second. So I can come in and wipe up, clean up the mess and give you the right information, fans. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. You pretty much ended it for me. Yeah, because you have no defense with the Lakers going number one. So let's just move on because JT is wrong. All right, so JT, we we can't leave this episode without at least one trivia time question. So let's go to- Oh, yes, we can. Wrap this up. Let's go. Nope, nope. So let's go to trivia time. Let's let's focus on college basketball. This This is kind of a tough one, but there are four college basketball coaches currently who have had at least 15 plus years of coaching and never had a losing season. How many of those four could you name? Can you? Uh, I'm gonna just go They're all the old, current. I'm just going to go with the old guys. Coach K has got to be in there. Nope. Beheim. Nope. Izzo. Okay. Izzo's one. Izzo's one. These other guys are a little bit younger now. I'll give you that. How now. many years? 15 plus years of coaching and never had a losing season. Coaching as a head coach? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so you got one of, the, one of the four. Nope. That's a good guess, but nope. Um, even even a little bit younger. Bob Huggins. That's another good one. Nope. Let me give you these answers because. Frank Martin? Know, who? Frank, Frank Martin? Martin? No. <laughs> nope. Jim um, Laranega? Nope. Litter Hamilton? Nope. All good guesses. Smart. Anybody? Damn, there's no <laughs> coaches left. Mark Few, right, of Gonzaga. That I was gonna say because that coach, I forgot his name. <laughs> Sean Miller, believe okay. it or not, Sean Miller, and then Mike Anderson. All right. Yep. Definitely was gonna say Bill Self next, but whatever. So that's another good one. So let's go real quick. Surprise JT, and then I promise we'll we'll end the episode. So we didn't talk about this, but for Tan- Fernando Tatis got the big contract a couple of weeks ago. As details came out on the contract, one of the things he that is in the contract is. On the road, he gets a hotel suite all for himself. That's in the contract. Got to give it to him. So, JT, what would be the one perk that you would want to throw in there? You know, money aside, obviously, you're going to get that big money contract. But what's the one perk that you want to throw in there to make sure that you're comfortable? How far can I go with the perks? Because the hotel suite sounds pretty dope, but I want to push the envelope. Um, go push it. You're, you're a star player. You're a young and upcoming player, man. I Just want curious. I want the mortgage paid every year on a property. That's what I would pick. Okay, so see, I think it, 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 there could be a cap on it. I just want a property to own that they pay the mortgage on every year separate see, from what they're doing. See, I don't know if they can do that because then it comes into – additional money you probably got capable money you got to pay that's possible yep i was going to say cap implications if you're outside of baseball and also tax implications so so let's go something more like i said they're not paying anything for you it's a perk maybe you got to be the first in line for the pregame meal or something what's the perk i mean the hotel suite thing is pretty dope that probably would go with that that and like they have to have like whatever like candy and snacks i want at every stop we go to well you got to pick one or the other uh, it goes together. That's room service. I want the whole hotel experience. <laughs> you want that real sweet. Or, one, huh? or here's the thing. I would take it a step further. Whatever hotel I want to stay in in that city, they have to put me up in, regardless of the team is staying there or not. 
So if the team is staying at the Holiday Inn and I want to stay at, you know, four seasons, they got to put me up there. So basically you're becoming an individual on a team and you don't even want to hang with your own guys. Man, see, that's JT in a nutshell. No Never wants to hang out with the other host you know of what? the show. Huh? There's, there's no I in team, but there's a me in that. You know what? Exactly. Man, see, this this is why I can't, I can't even hang out with the guy. He's like, nope, even though you we're right, because I'll be at a different hotel. Yeah, exactly. He wants to – you don't believe in the team, man. You don't believe in the team. I do. Come when on. it's time to do team things. No, you don't. That's team t- That's team things. All right. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm a little hurt by that. So let's just end the episode. Thank you to all the fans and listeners out there for listening to another great episode of JT and the Don. And remember to subscribe to us, JT and the Don All Sports Podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, Leave us a five-star review. And also, please follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, great episode. A lot of fun, as always, man. And until the next episode, see you. Peace.